Welcome to Last Week in Gaming, where we talk about games we ran or played last week. I'm your host, Matt J. Let's get started. Last Week in Gaming and the Diceology Podcast and the 211 Show are made possible by listeners like you. Support my dream hustle at patreon.com, MadJ0, all letters. Let's make this our regular thing. So last week I've been playing Mothership with Judd from Daydreaming About Dragons. I'm playing a character inspired by Fox Mulder from The X-Files. His name is Ren. Like Fox, he's searching for some truth. I just don't know what that truth is yet, where for Fox Mulder, that character, it was Proof of Aliens. What's neat here is, while I don't know what Ren is searching for, we're playing to find out, right? Um, I will flashback some scenes, ask Judd, who's facilitating the game, some questions. Sometimes Judd will toss it back to me a different way or twisted. Through this back and forth play, I think I will figure out what Ren is searching for what his truth is out there. Anyway, I put the cart before the horse. We're playing two scientists. It's a two-player game. Judd is facilitating the game. Uh, Our two scientists are investigating the disappearance of their professor and the crew of a science vessel out in the nebula. We have, I think we've stolen uh, uh, a ship with a droid on it uh, to go track down our professor. What we've learned so far is that that professor clearly has a favorite student, and it's not the other player. Uh, So it's been fun so far. Mothership, I like the post-Kickstarter materials we're getting in character creation, it feels like. The choices have tightened up, and I like it, right? Um, Before, I could min-max my skill selection. Now, I think the skills are tighter, and it says something about the character you're about to play. And I think that's interesting. I like that. I'm looking forward to the Kickstarter release of the big, gigantic block of Mothership stuff. Uh, I'm happy for those folks. I'm not. I was not a D100 percentile. Yeah, I don't like that mechanic. That is not to say anything negative about those the games. I just, you know, that's a we. I don't like okra. It's like that. But I've been happy with playing Mothership. And I think it makes me look closer or a second look at games I've passed because they had a D100 mechanic in it. And that's some silliness on my part. So Saturdays, straight out of Khalees, Twilight 2000, we're still playing. But before I get into that AP or that update, let's talk about Ukraine for a little bit. Uh, No groaning and no moaning. Uh, I know there are two camps. I don't want politics, religion, sex, et cetera, et cetera, in my games. And then there's the camp that, well, that's all games, right? This is not that argument. This podcast is my enjoyment, my nerding out of all things games. Um, But sometimes, right, uh, real world things roll into um, the stuff we are playing, right? Uh, I don't don't even want to sugarcoat that. Real world things run parallel or bleed into our fun, right? Uh, And in this case, there are folks that are backing away from playing Twilight 2000 uh, because of the parallels with the Ukrainian war. 
And yeah, sometimes that bleed happens and we've got to make decisions about our games. Um, I am aware um, as a vet, uh, as a guy who spent most of his military tour overseas, um, war, I mean, uh, the Ukrainian war is, uh, uh, it's got parallels in the Twilight 2000 game. And I would be tone deaf or insensitive not to say a few things before I continue to uh, nerd out about a Twilight 2000 game. If you don't know, Twilight 2000 presupposes a war, a World War III that occurred in 2000. And it, it plays with that timeline and kicks off that war in that, in that space. In the game space, it is Poland uh, that is the middle of all things. But it's got a lot of parallels with what's happening in Europe and in Ukraine today. And uh, as folks back away from running their games, I can appreciate that, right? This is not a judgment on those things. And as in all things, if it's uncomfortable uh, at any time, right, you should feel free to step away uh, or change up what you're doing. For me, our Saturday morning games, uh, it's five of us. Um, We've got 12 or so fantastic sessions. Every session has been fun. This is not an experience that... Uh, is a drag or a chore or anything for us. We're all in and interested in this fictional world we're playing in and have built. So we'll continue to play. Uh, I Man, I felt like I needed to say something, right? Uh, and not be tone deaf to the situation the Ukrainians find themselves in. I'm not a thoughts and prayers guy. That, buy me a scotch, I will tell you a hundred ways why those terms make me cranky, they feel empty. But as a vet, man, my heart goes out to the Ukrainian people, and I hope they find some peace and a solution um, quickly, right? Um, that's my politics, right? That's it. So in our Saturday game, we have hit a stalling spot. I don't want to call it stalling. We hit a plateau. Uh, in that we have two players, two player characters that are kind of detained in a town, a Polish town that is occupied by the Americans, uh, American forces. We played a couple of sessions uh, trying to see how that would play out, how things go. And we last session, we scaled back from days to playing out a week uh, at a time. And that broke some things loose for us. So that might be a tactic or a technique you can use uh, if you hit a plateau or a status quo that's that's stale or not moving is to scale time either in or out and see what shakes loose. In our case, the discovery of a dead soldier stashed in the woods where we're building a more permanent base um, and radio chatter about a convoy heading toward this American-occupied town, uh, this encampment. Um, Those two things sent the two free characters, Bard and Justin, off into the encampment to extract Tracy and Yanush before the the shit hits the fan, right? They also decide while they're there to confront the Polish spook, Phil, before they sneak out of the encampment and then back to their reservoir building. Whether they continue to build on that base or clear out altogether, uh, they're they're less than half a mile away from where all this is going to go down. 
remains to be seen. We'll play Saturday. This will play tomorrow. Uh, to find out, um, I think what is left for me to decide is, are we playing through that conflict or the aftermath of that conflict? And right now, and as I record this podcast, I have no idea, right? So we're still uh, we're still extracting a ton of fun out of Twilight 2000. I will say it is more survival sandbox game than military sim, right? Uh, if you're looking for a military sim, there are other better games to do that. If you're looking for some survival drama and in, a, in the aftermath of war, uh, this is the game. Sunday mornings, and you might see a theme here, most of my high-energy, fun, grippy games are in the mornings, right? And maybe that's because I have the most energy. Maybe that's because I have the most concentration of coffee in my body at that time. I don't know. We're turning the third into the third age. We're turning into the third age of my Sunday morning legacy game. What has been funny is, as we get close to the end of an age... Two families, the Servants of the Eldridge and the Octo Federation, uh, end up facing off. And the Octo Federation has lost two player characters to the Eldridge Servant family. And this last session, the Eldridge Servants has, has lost one, Gale. So Gale and Manta Ray, they kill each other in the Endless City, fighting over... Uh, an artifact that we spent a session recovering. Um, Manta Ray doesn't trust Gale and the Eldritch family to do the right thing with the artifact. Uh, Gale, clearly, I, yeah, I, I think that's all true, right? Uh, and so uh, Gale, uh, under the pretense of, hey, the Endless City is not safe, let's talk about this when we get out the other side. Uh, Manta Ray's like, no, give me the artifact now, and they both threw it down. What's funny is they both miss their moves. Um, Gale misses his first, which inclines me to let Manta Ray have options off of Gale's move, right? But then Manta Ray blows uh, his assault move as well. And so rather than make it, they both failed to kill the, uh, both failed in those moves. These are two competent characters. They are the notable members of their family. Uh, we decided that they both are capable of harming and killing each other, and that's what occurs. Gale, however, has an interesting death move in Legacy. It, it, his death move sends both players to an eternal hellscape. Um, and they're stuck there in this hellscape until uh, such time they can both compromise and help each other. and then they. Re but that artifact is lost to the Endless City, and then the third age begins. What's interesting about Legacy for me in this run is learning to be more reactive as a GM. Um, letting the families play out their moves. Um, filling in the spaces where the misses are, the soft moves are. Arbitrating some of the uh, decisions into the fiction that we've established. Moving between the zooming out level and the zooming in level. And when they look to me for answers, being ready to provide those answers. That is an interesting space for me. I'm learning that 
it requires for me to do it right, some honest prep, right? And I'm getting rewards out of doing the prep work and sticking to it as we play. And the rewards are watching the players' expressions, uh, watching them nerd out at some of the results, some of the connections. And this is all just working for my prep or improving off of the prep I've laid or the fictional stuff that we have laid down. And that's been interesting and fun for me in Legacy so far. So I'm digging that. Closer to home, Max and I have returned to playing Wrath and Glory. We have respect his character from, uh, we have respect his character into the Cubicle 7 version. He is playing a tech priest on the trail of exotic weapons. So on Gilead Prime, there's a bunch of skirmishes happening and he's been tasked with finding out where some of these possibly Xeno weapons have been coming from. And of course that leads us to a Space Hulk, right? I, uh, I've been frustrating myself trying to find some Space Hulk maps, right? And all you find are dungeon corridors made sci-fi. And it occurred to me, that's not what we're doing. That's what, not what we want to do. Let me find an image of Space Hulk and turn it into a point crawl map, right? That'd be a far better, more interesting way to play. And that's what we've done. So uh, next week, we've done our session zero already. And we've messed around with the base mechanics, so he has that uh, under his belt. Um, not a whole lot is different between the two versions of Wrath and Glory. So that's good. And I think we may turn it into a podcast, too, and play through that. In Session Zero, we kind of came up with a checklist of things we want to engage with in this campaign. So Space Hulk was at the top of the list. Uh, Tyranids, right? Uh, Tau, working with the Tau. Um, some chaos, fighting some chaos stuff, right? So we're just going to walk through that checklist, and that's the campaign, right? I'm excited and uh, happy, proud, all those things as a dad that he's 14, he's about to start high school, and we still make time for some role-playing games, uh, for some tabletop games, right? He's still interested. We still go to the hobby shop, paint miniatures, right? In an age where he could easily just be wrapped up in social media stuff with his friends, Xbox time, uh, laptop, phone, right? Uh, we still play analog, non-digital games in addition to that other stuff. So I will ride that out as long as I can, right? Uh, I know high school is a different world when he gets there next year. And uh, uh, I will play to find out. I don't know. Speaking of the Xbox, I have been dying, exploring, dying, running, dying in Elden Ring. I wrote a post on Play Fearless on my Substack, uh, but the short of it is I'm having fun with this game. Uh, I didn't think I would. I'm not a blood. I'm not a Soulsborne uh, fan. I'm not. I, I'm new to this genre. I'm not anti, uh, but I'm not. I don't get into games where. Um, my Twitch skills, my action skills are the driver, especially for fantasy role-playing games. That's not where I'm at. But Elden Ring brings some nice wonder back for me, like old-school D&D first-time playing wonder, right? You will die a lot, right? You will have to learn how to fight, and I'm okay with that. Because I'm rewarded, whether I'm fighting or not, with exploring the world, learning the lore, finding new things... 
Uh, I think I wrote about one of my first engagements in the world. Uh, I got stomped by some knight's horse. Uh, I say that I think the knight was just along for the ride while the horse kicked my ass. I ran from that fight. Uh, I found some bats, some mutant bats. Uh, they jacked me. Uh, and I'm just walking back to my starting point and I see a knight. And uh, I ganked that guy in the forest. And then his buddy's at a camp and I ganked that guy. And I'm like, okay, right? I can, I can make a toehold in this world. It's not all bad, right? Three more nights come along and I run. But I find a cave, right? And in that cave, I find all kinds of stuff. That cave kind of has a mini boss and it ganks me too, but I'm going back, right? There's crazy stuff just lying around, right? Hanging out at a merchant at night, I met a witch, right? And she gave me some, some spirits I can summon to help me fight. I don't know, for me, walking around Elden Ring uh, and exploring places, things, even stuff that's bigger than me, I can run from those things, is the wonder, is the fun. And so uh, I don't mind the dying. And that's been eating up my nights, is uh, playing through some Elden Ring stuff. I haven't jumped out on YouTube or anywhere to uh, look for tips and tricks yet. Uh, I imagine I'll get there at some point, but right now I'm in a discovery phase, and so I'm riding that out. My white hat group has wrapped, and we are moving on to Barbarians of Memoria. We'll play five or six sessions of that treachery at Axos Mountains. So we have a fully leaned in, maxed out sorcerer, a skyship pilot, and an amnesiac mercenary. They're all being pursued into the Axos Mountains, where they hope to find a haven um, of outcast to run the ground at. And I think that's where we start play next week. We've done our session zero made characters and put them into Foundry VTT. I'm looking forward to this. I've heard a lot of good about Barbarians of Lemuria and the Everwin system. So I'm excited to get that to the table and see how that plays out. If you don't know, Improv for Gamers second edition is out on GameFound by Evil Hat. I've got a piece I've written in there alongside a cornucopia of amazing folks. So check that out. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, Rich Rogers is still running, but he will be bringing to a close Bounty of the Week on Twitch Actual Play. Complete with a, uh, a kind of a montage, what became of part. Uh, we'll play our last final session next week. But Rich will stay on and run some Hut Cartel, uh, which... I'm super stoked about so so check us out on Twitch actual play. That's my last week in gaming. Uh, let me know in the comments or hit me up on Twitter at madj0. Let me know what you're playing, uh, any questions you might have, uh, what's exciting for you, and I'll catch you next week. That's my show. Thanks for listening. Send your comments, questions about this episode to me. I'm on Patreon at madj0 all letters, or send it to Twitter at godiceology. And you know, subscribe, rate, and like. Let's make this our regular thing.